we haven't gone in a 10 year loop and ended about back where we've started. We're like light years ahead of where we were 10 years ago, as far as like how quickly we can build websites and how we can have componentry and design systems and all this stuff that just was not a thing back then. Hi there, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm your host, Paul, and today we're joined with Rachel Smith, who, according to her LinkedIn, is literally the worst developer, and <laughs> she writes awful code and has a terrible attitude, uh, which you, you can go find for yourself. I highly recommend uh, you don't go look at her LinkedIn. But jokes aside, uh, Rachel Smith is a developer over at CodePen, and we're going to be talking about islands today in web development. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this one because I don't know much about the whole island mentality. I'm, it's weird. I want to say old school web developer now because all these new things are coming out, but it's like, that's, that's how it's been. So can you tell us like really quick, what is an island? Like, why are we talking about this, using this verbiage? Yeah, I, myself, I don't claim to be an expert on this at all um, myself because I'm not a I'm a, not a developer advocate. I'm just a developer observing the world. So it's not really my job to keep on top of this stuff, um, which is why when I kept seeing like the word islands architecture and islands coming up, I was like, well, what does that mean? You know, I was a bit confused. Um, so when I went and looked it up, it seemed that like the description of islands and island is or islands architecture is when you, uh, render most of your website like with HTML and then you just add interactivity in these islands with JavaScript, um, which is strange to me because I thought, isn't that just like as someone who was developing websites, you know, I think I started 12 years ago, I was like that's just what we used to do before single-page apps came along. So, I was, I was a bit confused why we had a whole term for it at first. Um, but I think the, I think the reason there is a term is because of the, um, proliferation of single page apps. And when you've been around a while, it might not be clear to you that like a lot of people coming into front end development in the last five years have only had exposure to single page apps. So they haven't had the experience of, it sounds crazy, but they haven't had the experience of building a website with HTML and then just laying in some JavaScript to make it interactive. Like that, it's like the old JavaScript approach is the only thing they know. And I think that's why we have islands now, like that the this term of islands is to like bring back this concept of we don't need to, build the whole entire app or website with JavaScript should use HTML in the, in the first place. <laughs> so islands made intuitive sense to me because I'm one of those people that you're talking about. Right. I, yeah. Right. Like I'm, I've, you've probably been doing websites way longer than I have. You know, I've used react, um, some view, but uh, if you're using an Island, do you use, a, a framework similar like are there frameworks that lend themselves really well to the island way of doing things or is it brought back to how i did example websites when i started web development with those pockets of javascript 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think that that from what I've seen, the concept of an island it could be achieved by using jQuery, for example. Like that's the first thing I thought of when I read the description of an island. It sounded just like you know I used to build WordPress websites, for example, and they, you know, you'd, WordPress would render out all the HTML that would be server-side and then if you wanted to add something um, like Ajaxy to like interactive to the site, you would use jQuery to do that and you would create an island, I guess, by like selecting some of the HTML that's been rendered and then doing manipulating it with JavaScript and that that satisfies the idea of an island but I think the reason the terms come about is because um, a lot of these newer uh, frameworks um, are, you know, putting in their description, oh, we support islands. Um, and I think that's to distinguish them from your single page app type frameworks like React and Vue where, you know, the, it's not one piece of the site is built with JavaScript. It's like the entire the entire view is built with JavaScript. So they use this, oh, we use our islands architecture to try and differentiate themselves from that. Um, and I think with the newer frameworks, it's a little bit more sophisticated, I guess, than just like serving some HTML, adding a bit of jQuery. Um, like one I use, for example, that, you know, says they support this islands architecture is Astro. I use that for my website. And comparing the developer experience of using that versus the way I used to um, build sites, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it, it's wildly different. You know, it's got all the nice developer conveniences that we've come to expect with modern frameworks, um, but the output is similar to that what you would have built back then when you were serving some HTML and then you're adding some JavaScript to to make it interactive. Do you think that we run a risk of um, overcomplicating what should be like fundamentally a basic idea of just like shooting some HTML and be like, hey, like do that. But like what, you know, like what if, what if Facebook, they made into an island architecture, like, oh God, like there are going to be so many islands, it would just be a continent, you know, like, so, so there's a line, there has to be a line somewhere, right? Yeah, and and, that, and that's funny about because I think I really think I, the term island it's a marketing term because it's not a new it's not a new concept it's a it's an old concept. Um, I don't I don't want to go as far as saying because a lot of people sort of come to this stuff with the attitude of like oh we've just gone back to you know ten years ago and like we've made no progress we've just gone in a big loop but it's like that's not true because. I feel like anyone who's saying it's just like it was 10 years ago maybe wasn't building websites back then because like the the experience of building a website is completely different now. Like we haven't gone like in a 10-year loop and ended about back where we started. We're like light years ahead of where we were 10 years ago as far as like how quickly we can um, build websites and how we can have componentry and design systems and all this stuff that like just was not a thing back then. Um, But the term island is like a, a marketing term because it's it the idea of it itself is has existed long before SPAs. So it's just a term that you need to differentiate yourself from 
uh, a single page application framework. You you know you you're like what's a what's a cool term that we can use that when developers understand what it is they can go oh this this framework is not like React it's it's serves HTML first and then it adds layers some JavaScript on top and I think it's it's a marketing term so yeah it is confusing um it like I didn't understand it at first I had to go look it up but I guess that's what we do in development we're always like wrapping our heads around the new made up terms like even like the even like the acronym SPA 10 years ago didn't exist like it, it would you know or MPAs as they call them now were just websites back then but now we like call them MPAs you know like CodePen is an MPA but it was it was just a website before you know React existed so <laughs> it's yeah the the terms are sort of made up to like I think wrap our heads around the differences between these like tools and technologies. But yeah, it can be certainly confusing. <laughs> Helping us wrap our heads around the differences in these paradigms and technologies sounds like a very good way to bucket what's what we're observing happening, right? And maybe it's being overdone a bit, overdone a bit which can give it the marketing e. Yeah, it's marketing and it's developers, right? Like we just love to complicate things and and come up with, yeah, yeah, make everything a special term or a special concept because we're so clever, you know, like <laughs> we're all, we're all, we all love to be clever and like come up with our own um, terminology for stuff. So you, you, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> so over at CodePen, do you folks practice island architecture in the way that the CodePen website is built or is that all traditional React? So we originally, our Rails app was Islands, I guess, because like before we rebuilt a lot of it in React, it was a Rails app and you had Rails render all the HTML and then we would make certain pieces of it work with jQuery. And that actually the CodePen editor itself still works that way because we haven't um, uh, updated that editor in like we, you know, we've improved on it, but we haven't sort of like rebuilt the bones of that editor since it was first built. I think like, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, it was like feature complete in a lot of sense. So like that, that app is still rails rendered. And then there's a whole lot of jQuery going on, powering it. Um, and you could say like each little piece of that app is an island in a sense because it's like uh, the, the, the HTML was rendered by the server and then every bit of the app that needs to be interactive, so the, the, the panes you're typing into, the, you know, the drop-downs, the settings, all that stuff, they're all islands because they're all using jQuery to make them work. Um, but the CodePen homepage, for example, like we we rebuilt that in React. I think it was like about would have been it would have been not long after I started. So maybe like four year four years ago, four and a half years ago, we re- rebuilt that in React. And now that is just um, CodePen's like a multi-page app. But then you have sort of like single-page apps within the multi-page app. So you you load the homepage. And then 
the homepage, which lets you, you know, um, choose between your like following tab or your trending tab and these different tabs, that could be considered a single page app because that whole thing is rendered in React. So if you don't have JavaScript turned on in your browser, you just get like a blank page on CodePen with like a message to say like you need JavaScript to to run this website. Um, so it's not an island because uh, it doesn't use islands because if we were to approach it with um an islands approach, we would render that page out as much as possible with HTML and then just add, you know, the the ability to change the, you know, move through the grids with JavaScript. Um, and I, who, I, I, the reason we went that way is because there was no real option to get all the niceties of React, like the component tree, um, hot reloading while you're in dev, you know, all these like conveniences of building with React. That when we were redoing that homepage, like these other frameworks like um, Svelte and SvelteKit and uh, Astro and stuff, they didn't exist. So that that was the only option. Um, and I think looking forward, you know, if we ever get the time to, there's like a million things to be done in CodePen and only seven people work there. But if we ever get the time, I imagine a world where we would try and move move back to the island um, architecture for the rest of the site because it's not great that like you can't see any of it without JavaScript. Um, CodePen, we can somewhat just justify the need to have JavaScript because, I mean, people write pens that use JavaScript. So if you if you don't have JavaScript turned on, like you like a lot of CodePen is going to be broken for you anyway in terms of the demos. Um, um, but I think, but like there's. A lot the the complaint people make a lot of websites on the web are not like CodePen. Like there's no reason you need to have JavaScript turned on, and yet the site will not work because you haven't got it turned on. Um, and that that's that's one of the heavy criticisms um, about single page apps and their frameworks is you kind of you just you're really screwing people who don't want to have JavaScript when in a lot of cases it's not really necessary to do that. So, And and almost wasteful maybe because um, you're just sending a lot more stuff that you might not need to. Um, we actually, we had a guest on last week, um, which actually, speaking of which, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to hear more about web dev topics, developer topics in general, uh we have them coming out every week, so please tune in and check out some of our previous episodes, one of which I'm about to mention. Uh, we spoke with, um, I guess he was talking about the cost of actually sending like information over the wire, and it's kind of crazy. Once you get to like, well, your app is, let's say, 200 megabytes, and then every time, which, which is huge, I, I acknowledge that, <laughs> but like, let's say you, you're sending 200 megabytes and you send it like a couple thousand times, like it's going to cost you hundreds of trees worth of CO2 to like send that, like actually move those bits around. And I think I've noticed some other frameworks or projects coming out um, that have an environmental like ethos almost. They're like, Hey, like this is better because yeah, it's faster, but who cares? Cause everything's so damn fast. We just want to save the trees. And that's always respectable. Cause I don't need it faster anymore. Personally, like I'm fine. Like, we have high speed internet, at least where I live. So I'm happy. Um, uh, but yeah, in saving space, maybe you could have more space used with islands. Is that like, 
like possible. Like let's say you had islands and in each island you like repacked pieces of JavaScript or of, or of library that you could use distributed throughout those separated functional pieces. Is that a risk or am I thinking about it in an incorrect way? Uh, that's an interesting um, question. The I think, yeah, you could, I haven't gone too far into like thinking about optimizations, like beyond the level of like an art, you know, theoretically using islands architecture is also is already a big optimization over, um, you know, having a big bundle present to um, be able to even render your massive amount of JavaScript to to make the page. You know, um, if you're just serving HTML and then just it's way less JavaScript, just like adding the JavaScript on top in these islands. Um, but yeah, I think you could you could go further to optimize your, I guess your little, your island bundles and, and um, how to, ca- you know, cache them in such a way that they're only being downloaded once, you know? Um, yeah. There'd be, I haven't gone that far myself because I've only dabbled in this new islands architecture in the, in my own website. And like, there's very little interactivity going on in my website. Like I've got some, um, a canvas animation on the home page, which one that's one thing I really like about islands is like um, I before I um, you know became a mom and got too busy to like do side project um, coding. I used to do a lot of animation work, and that stuff has always been like kind of tricky within React. Like you you know because you. Really, you just when you want to animate, especially with the canvas, you just want to hook into the canvas element, and you want to do stuff with it. Yeah, just give me full control. Yeah, exactly. With some JavaScript, and when you're dealing with a traditional website, and that canvas element is just sitting in the DOM, ready to go. There's no virtual DOM. There's no re-rendering. Like that. Like all this stuff. It's it's makes it a lot easier to do that sort of thing with. Um, with Ireland's architecture than it is within, you know, Vue or React. Do you feel like you've been brought home a little bit in your development approach because of that, like a- access to the basics again? Yeah, in that aspect. Uh, I, when I first used Astro, I was like, oh, my God, like, yes, because, like, one of the reasons I've sort of haven't been doing a lot of animation is because I've been largely a React developer for, you know, the last five years and, I just find doing any animation work in React just just takes the sucks the fun right out of it, you know. Um, but <laughs> but now I've like with Astro, I've got like I'm back to the my roots of just like okay, I have a canvas element, I have some JavaScript, I can do whatever I wish with it, you know, and that's been really nice. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to add more of that stuff to my site when I have time, or just do more. Um, do more animation stuff um, within Astro. It's, uh, it's it's exciting because of the um, emphatic, like cathartic, like yes. When you finally got into Astro and made an animation, like would you recommend that being 
like if I want to try making an island, like I like animating things. I'm probably nowhere to like near what you do. I go up, down, bigger and smaller. But like, let's say I want to make a ball bouncing around, right? Would download an Astro and maybe trying to do something with a canvas be a great way to start like trying out an island architecture? Yeah, I think, I think it, it's interesting. Astro is interesting because you could bring your, um, you could bring your React, you could bring your Svelte. Um, I think it supports a few other sort of frameworks. Um, and so you could do some islands with like React, but then you could also just do some with just like bare bones JavaScript. So my animation stuff is just, it's just a component, Astro component file. And then they just let you put a script tag in there and it's just like client side JavaScript. Um, so yeah, it, it, what it's nice about it is it's kind of like where people like using code pen because they can get a pen and they've got HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and you can just make a demo and quite quickly, and there's no build processes or anything getting in your way. And that sort of, I mean, Astro is still a build process and there's still things to, uh, that could potentially get in your way there, but it does feel very sort of like bare bones, close to the metal. Oh, I just want to make a, a page that has some animation in it and it just needs some CSS and some JavaScript and a HTML or some HTML elements. Um, and it won't, Astro won't get in the way, you know. You're not having to like jump through a bunch of hoops to just do a very simple thing. Um so I, I would I would recommend it. It's a it's a cool library. There there are others out there. I haven't um, tried them because I just simply do not have the time. <laughs> so I just I just picked one and it works. I like it. So yeah. I if, if anyone's going to build their personal site, like you know, um, I would recommend picking one of these frameworks. Um, even if you are a Re- React developer, you can still bring your React knowledge to a project like Astro, but then, I mean, to, most people's personal websites are a portfolio of some kind or a blog, um, and you don't need uh, you don't need that to be a single page application, right? It's like most of the things you're doing can just be satisfied with HTML. So I think picking up one of these these islands architecture frameworks makes sense um, from that perspective. Yeah, the personal page sounds like a good low-hanging fruit to experiment because also it's zero risk. I find like personal pages are also a good way to write, try new stuff out because you feel creative, you get the barriers removed so you can mess around for real. And we love to like stress over our like personal websites, right? And be like, oh, I hate the design and I hate this and that. But really like... <laughs> people barely see it like the traffic (laughs) unless like unless you're unless you're you know you know chris coyer or something like it's the the number of people coming to your webs like personal website is pretty low so it's fine you can just try different things (laughs) so (laughs) yeah you need to take a step back and do the sir this is a wendy's yeah exactly (laughs) to yourself (laughs) to yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so for somebody like me who i mean i hear i've read about islands i've read your blog posts which uh we can also link under this podcast for anybody that wants to check it out that rachel wrote um if i want to start orienting my mind like in a in a stronger way around like how you might have developed 
10 years ago. Um, would you say there is like a YouTuber or like another set of blog posts or like another writer that is like really good to, to read or listen to? Or would you just say, listen, if you've done web development, just go try it. It's you'll start to see where things work and where things don't work. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of someone who's, um, uh, I'm his mind. Like my mind is, I can't think of the, his name. Do you know the, do you recall the name of the creator of Svelte? Yeah. Richard Harris. He is a really interesting person to, you know, follow, um, because he has these, he's pushed this sort of idea of um, like reducing the amount of JavaScript that you ship on a on a site. And I don't know if Svelte actually claims to be islands, um, but it but it's sort of along the mindset of at least of like you don't need to have these hulking big JavaScript apps to you know make content. Um, so I think he's a really interesting one to follow. He has really good ideas. I just seen a few of his talks and stuff. Um, there's a really interesting one about, um, multi-page apps versus single page apps. And he sort of thinks there's like a middle path, um, which I think it's, if, if you're someone who's only built single page apps in your career, that's like a really interesting person to follow because he can, he, he sort of pushes people to think beyond, I'll just render everything in JavaScript. Um, yeah. And as for, and, and if, if you are someone who's only done single page apps, I think it's just, it, it's interesting because it's to, for someone like me who did uh, multi-page apps or websites first, I always think of single page apps as the, the weird thing to do. Um, but for a lot of people like um, who've, you know, only started developing, you know, in the last five years might find this multi-page app idea strange. Um, so I guess it's just, you have to shift your mindset to how much of this website could I just, could I just do in HTML? Like how much of it really needs to be JavaScript? Um, and you sort of take that approach. So you render as much as you can with, as HTML, um, and then anything that requires some interactivity, um, you bring the JavaScript in and it's a little bit, it's a, it's a bit different because once you are doing things that way, you have to think about how you would like deal with state and connect islands. Like that might be a thing that comes up. Um, so it's a little it's a little funky to get head around when you're so used to just like an app and having state proliferate all through the app and all through the components and like every piece of information on the page. And that that's why we all went to as single page apps in the first place, because we need, we felt like we needed that for a lot of situations. Um, but I think I just, just try it out. Like for, for me, I did multi-page apps or websites first. I found react extremely weird when I first started using it. Um, it was quite a, a, a funky thing to wrap my head around. Um, now I've been using it for years and years. It's like whatever I'm used to it now. Um, and I feel like you could just have that same thought process going the other way, you know? Um, but it just takes practice. Just try it out. That's always been my motto. I'm not really a, 
oh, I'm going to learn and learn tutorials and do this stuff. I would just jump in and start doing things. Um, and I would recommend people to just just try it out, you know? A lot of people who we have on the podcast are similar. Um, people who make a lot of things. So that should, that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, I think people who, are, people who are especially prolific, um, like my boss, Chris Koya, is one of the most prolific people I know on the web, like the amount of content he has created is just next level. Um, and that's because he just does not wait. Like he just starts like, and he, I even see this at work. Like I'm, I'm even a little bit more like, Oh, I should research this and I should find that out. Like I'm, I sort of dilly dally a little bit before I get into things. He just starts and he just starts making it and doing it you know and that is why like he is so prolific on the internet so it's definitely an attitude you need to bring if you want to you know create a lot hey nike had it since day zero (laughs) just do it (laughs) um all righty well we're kind of running up on time rachel if people wanted to follow more about you are you writing anywhere else that we can point folks to? Uh, at the moment, I'm just put updating my website. So that's rachsmith.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you like. I just sort of I quit Twitter for like two years and I've just come back recently and I am, am wondering if that's the right decision. But um, at the moment, I'm there hanging out on Rach, at rachsmithtweets on Twitter and that's pretty much me. Oh, yeah, and come, you know, check out CodePen. If you haven't used it before, um, definitely come and check it out. It's a really fun place where you can make code demos and see other people's code demos. And um, if you want to get your work out in the world, it's an excellent place to do it because we get uh, millions of people using CodePen looking at the homepage. Um, so if you want to get your work on the homepage and get some um, eyeballs on your work that way. It's an excellent way to do it. So check it's out the YouTube of code. Don't sleep on it. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.